singing. How do we define the gospel? What does gospel mean? It's good news, right? This is the good news. And um, this week, just thinking, you know, the full gospel. And I mean, what we just sang in those five verses, that's, that's like the beginning to end. Like that's the, that's the full good news picture of, of what we have in Christ, what the, the Bible puts before us. So um, we should say amen to that. I invite you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. And uh, the uh, title that kept coming up for the message this morning, sometimes there's a, but a paraclete power as we're coming through it. And uh, just a, a wonderful picture of what Jesus is explaining to them um, Jesus is leaving and uh, he's not going to leave them orphans. He's not abandoning them. And uh, we're just going to read down through 12 to 21 and then we'll open in prayer. But I want us to, to recognize here, uh, as we continue to study together, Jesus is laying the foundation for what is going to happen at Pentecost. Right? The coming of Spirit, the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 um, it's going to be the change from, from the law, the dispensation of the law, to grace. These are mysteries of the church age that, that the apostles are, are learning kind of on the fly, right? But he's laying the foundation of what is going to happen at Pentecost. And the application is, as he is placing these truths before them, it's what this church is supposed to look like, led by Christ and his power through the Spirit of God. So the foundations for what's going to happen at Pentecost, and, and from there directly, as we're reading, this is what this church is supposed to look like. This is what Coldstream Baptist Church is supposed to, to be thriving in, right? And, and, and the pictures that go with that. So I invite you to read with me John chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. And, and I just want to recognize the, the paraclete power that goes into this. He says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works, and we recognize that from a couple weeks ago, there's a, a transition to doing, to serving Christ, to serving the King. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. But isn't Jesus leaving? Right? Jesus is leaving. How, how are these apostles, how is the believer going to do greater works than what Jesus was doing? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, this is last week's, if you love me, keep my commandments. I mean, there's, there's an obedience commanded here. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you, recognize the next word, another helper. Right, another helper. Do you have a side note in your Bible? A number there that comes to dictation in the center column? Another helper. My, my side note here um, brings my attention, as I follow it across, there you go, little one. It says comforter in the Greek parakletos, right? Which, which, speaks to, <clears throat> which speaks to the power, and we'll get into that here in a second, but uh, the parakletos, right? The helper, the comforter, that he may abide with you forever. 
Verse 17, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, speaking to the apostles, right? But you know him, for he dwells with you. The apostles had experienced the working of the spirit. They'd, they'd cast out demons. They'd done healing. They were preaching. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in. And in our studies, I want you to recognize how many times John uses that. I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Okay, there, there's, a, there's an importance here. <clears throat> Excuse me. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I trust you're seeing the, the spiritual significance of understanding this. And uh, the agape, the abiding, the being in Christ and the ministry of the Spirit. But we better pray before we step into this text. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for just um, the moments that you've given us. Thank you for the songs that you've placed before us to quiet our hearts. And I do pray um, just for our time ahead. I pray that you would give us a clarity as we read these words. Lord, I pray that we would look and ask you to lead us in understanding the, the spiritual connections that are in here. Lord, your, your Bible teaches us that we can't understand these things on our own. Lord, so we ask for your illumination, your spirit would work and help us understand these texts. And I even just think of, of, of you using me. Lord, I pray that, that you would just give me clarity and give me the words to share, Lord. And I think of just how, how the application is for our church family. Lord, I pray that we would see that very clearly from the text. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. So we think of Jesus here. He's laying the foundation of what is going to happen at Pentecost. And we remember that this is what a church is supposed to look like. Right? Each one of these things, the, the alive, the spiritual life. So I'd just like to begin in verse 12. And I know we've been there, but this, this lays this, this understanding what the paraclete, the, the God's power alongside the intercession is. So just reading it, verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Right, and we paused and, and maybe we didn't quite catch it. I mean, um, last time we were looking at this verse, I said, you know, I, Jesus probably did do dishes. All right, but that's not really what this text is talking about. The works, what were the, the spiritual works? What was the purposes of Christ? Well, he was preaching the kingdom. That song that we just sang, right, was all about God's plan of salvation, the, the kingdom right up to, to our place in it, right? He was preaching the kingdom. He was teaching the full gospel, right? And, and the cross is such a, a crucial part of what we believe. But, but as Jesus came, he kept explaining who he is. He was God, right, himself in the flesh, Right? He had come, he lived that sinless life so he could be that sacrifice. 
And as we're sharing the gospel, that, that, that needs to be included, that sin that he paid the price for, right? That, that didn't hold him in the grave, did it? No, he, he, he gained victory over Satan's sin and death, right? He, he's more powerful than that, right? He, he rose from the grave on the third day. He, he, witnessed, um, he witnessed, he showed himself to people, right? That, that's an evidence. Did he stay on this earth? No, what happens in Acts chapter 1? He ascends, right? He ascends. They watch him, but he doesn't, he, he's sitting right now at the right hand of the Father, but he's coming back, isn't he? And as I thought about there, us sharing the gospel, yes, we lead them to the cross, but oftentimes we just leave them at the cross. There's a victory, right? There's a power, there's a paraclete, there's, a, there's God's power that is promised to come alongside of us when we're walking in that obedience, desiring to serve our king. And, and for some reason, somehow we, we miss that in that early development of disciples. So he says they're the works. This is preaching the kingdom, teaching the full gospel. And then the third category I don't want to forget here was the discipling. Right? I put discipling and parenting one and one. Right? Discipling your children. Discipling there in the ministries. Right? Parenting from the word of God so that they understand what, what, what is taking place here. As Jesus is walking with these apostles, okay? he's saying the works that I do... Jesus was doing, or Jesus was doing the work of God, right? We understand that, right? The, the signs and the wonders that he did was God through him. The words that he spoke was through him. He was God's power being displayed. The works that I do, he will do also. What is that saying? The works that Jesus was doing, the believers were to continue. Right? The believers, he will do also. This wasn't an optional. This wasn't a, a, a negotiable. This wasn't a comfort zone thing. Right? The works that I do, this preaching the kingdom, teaching the full gospel, the discipling, we bring the family aspect, the, the parenting into it, he will do also. I think that that's kind of there makes me swallow a little bit. Can we do that on our own? Can you imagine the apostles going, Jesus, you're leaving and you're putting this all on our plate? Either the works that I do, he will do also. Not just these works, but greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. As Jesus was present with the apostles, he was the paraclete. He was God's power alongside, being displayed, being manifested, full of grace and truth. He was God's power on display, but he was leaving, right? And then that's when it kind of begins dawning us that the need to understand this. Why do I need to understand that Jesus is God's power on display? Because Jesus was in this time, and Jesus is right now at the right hand of God, full of right hand of God, still the power and authority today. Right? When you say you place your faith in Christ, you are recognized that, that Jesus was handed all power and authority. That is your helper. That is your king. That is, that is who we worship as we sing. That is who we pray to. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. That is the power that's promised to us. Jesus today is the paraclete, the power from God alongside for the works that the believer does, 
through his spirit, the spirit of God. Anybody else have comfort zones here this morning? When you know God's calling on you to go step out into something, then you're like, mm-mm. You know, or, 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 or you're, for me, I'm about, and you maybe remember the illustrations, I'm, I'm about knee-deep and forgetting my rubber boots going, how did I get here? Right? I, I can't do this. I can't continue. I can't, can't move forward, right? It, we have that promised power. We have been given that helper. Today, currently, right now, the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in all power and authority, seeking who he is able to use. Are we all commanded to be used of Christ? Right? Anyone who's placed their faith in Christ, we're to be serving, we're supposed to be committed and surrendered. Now, I'm going to say properly using this, is, he, is Christ able to use all of us? Okay, yeah, certainly he's able to, but is there not a surrender? Is, is Jesus going to drag us into something against our will? I'm going to say generally. I think I've been dragged into some things where I didn't really want to be there and he's used me. But, but the idea here is this, is we have to be surrendered. We have to be walking in obedience, seeking. And he's seeking whom he is able to use. Why? Because sin in your life is a serious problem. Right? When it comes to, to using, to, to, to access to the power of Christ, to, to being used for the spiritual things of Christ, sin is a serious problem. Why? We just read it in 1 John. It breaks fellowship. Right? It, it doesn't separate us positionally, but all of a sudden we're stepping away from that, that power, from that agape love. We're stepping away because we're allowing that sin in our life. I was thinking about there the, the works that I do. Would these apostles be able to be used if they were practicing spiritual laziness? Right? Complacency? I mean, would they be able to use if, if they, they, they practiced or stayed willfully immature? Immature? No, that's a, that's a serious problem. They would have been seen as powerless believers. Right? Powerless believers. Jesus is at the right hand offering with all power and authority the God's power to come alongside through the Spirit. And that is promised to us, but we have to be surrendered and submitted to being used. The power, the paraclete, God's power alongside of us, that is how we do what Christ did while he was on earth. The works, the preaching of the kingdom, the teaching of the full gospel, the, the disciple and parenting. It's the power from the throne through his spirit that leads us to do greater works. It says he will do them, right? As Jesus is absent. Not to be harsh, but I think to myself, if you were ever looking for a spiritual thermometer in a church or a ministry or, or, or a missions. If you're ever looking for a spiritual thermometer, here it is. Right? If, I was, if I was looking for a church, let's say Carissa and I were, were shopping for a church. Is that a term? We, that's maybe not a bad term, but, but looking, looking for a church, right? looking for the spiritual. What, what is the spirit leading in? Are, are they spiritually powerful? How is this church operating? Is, is it in their own strength? What, how, is it alive? Right? And I thought to myself, to this church this morning, because we have the promised power right, from the throne of God through His Spirit for the things that we do. To the church this morning, 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 explains to us that Christ walks in the midst of the lampstands. He walks in the midst of our, our church this morning. He's here this morning, and that shouldn't be an awkward thing. He's in our presence. Right? And what does, that, what does that look like as he's walking in our midst? Are we a spiritually powerful church? Are we a spiritually powerful church? And when we continue with that thought, are we, how would we describe Coldstream Baptist Church when it comes to its works for Christ in his ministries and outreach? And we should be able to answer that. We should have a response for that. Is the Spirit moving through these things? To the believer, are you living a spiritually powerful life right from the throne? Jesus is offering that. Is your life spiritually powerful as you walk in intimacy with God? What is God leading you in? What is the Spirit doing through you? I wrote this phrase down there. What are you doing in Jesus' name? When we call on him for authority, when we call on him there for the power to step out into those things that I am definitely not capable of, what does that look like in your life? Your time here as a child of God is to be spent serving God. That's why we're here in Jesus' name. The last part of that, because I go to my Father and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in you, pardon me, in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it as we're serving. That's why we're here. Right? We, we have the power. We, we have right from the throne the authority to step out in the things as he works through the Spirit. If you love me, keep my commandments. Praise the Lord. He hasn't left me alone with that. The Spirit is, is, is leading me in that. We come to verse 16. And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper. And we've already established that with our study notes. That is the, the paracletus. That is the, the God's power that comes alongside. Now is that in reference to me having a flat tire on the side of the road when it comes to that? Oh, I recognize God's presence is there. I recognize he looks after my needs. He calls on me to, to call out. But here we're talking about doing for Christ. Right, the, the spiritual things that he calls each and every one of us, the spiritual things he calls us as a church to step out into with all power and authority. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, another paraclete, right? Christ of authority. This, this paraclete is the Holy Spirit who is of God in origin. He's from God. He's going, God's going to send him, but he's for God's king. Christ is going to rule and, and lead our lives through this paraclete, the power of our lives. I'm going to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and we're just going to catch this um, right, head, right on its head. Because, I mean, these apostles, again, they're, they're, this is new to them, the, the mysteries. We've looked at the prophecies of the Old Testament. They knew the Spirit was coming um, but they also thought that the kingdom was coming with Jesus too, and then he dies, right? And they're, they're trying to find themselves in this place, Acts chapter 1. And I want us to catch the power, right? The power that comes from God, that comes alongside for what the believer is called to do, the works, 
right? The preaching of the kingdom, and I'll keep teaching of the full gospel, the discipling and the parenting in Acts chapter 1. And I think we'll just, as per usual, I just want to read the whole thing, but we'll step into verse 4. And being assembled together with them, this is after the crucifixion, this is after the, the burial, this is after the, the resurrection, right? And this is preparation for the ascension, right? Him going, departing to the Father. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Right, now, we, we, we've been there. Right? This is waiting for the, the paraclete, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, right? waiting for that power, right? <clears throat> promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Right? Upper room discourse, we're working through it. Right? Jesus is explaining this. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus isn't going to abandon them. He's going to pray to the Father and the Spirit is going to come, right? That power, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I'm thinking there if I was Jesus, oh, I keep telling you, I'm going to the Father, right? I, I'm leaving, right? But I'm going to send the Spirit to help you continue doing the things that I do. The works that I do, he will do also. You're going to continue them. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you. Who's the you? The apostles, the ones that are with them, the ones in the upper room discourse. We'll include the, the, the other believers, the 120 here. But you shall receive power. Power, this is a promise. Teaching everyone. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be, not a suggestion, it's not kind of non-negotiable, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You're going to receive the power through the Holy Spirit. That, that helper, that another helper, the paraclete, the God's power alongside you as you witness, as you serve, as you walk in obedience. You will receive that. And then verse 9, just to conclude, because it's directly connected. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. <sighs> Can you picture that? You know, it, 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 it's, 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 it's something to meditate on. So come back to John chapter 14 and, and we'll connect this. <clears throat> and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That power of God by the Holy Spirit to do, why? To do greater works in Jesus' name. To do greater works. And then those are, that's a promise. I mean, when I place my faith in Christ and this is, this is why the theology of this is so important to understand. When I place my faith in Christ, I received that free gift of salvation. And I was made new. Right? I was regenerated. Right? Who did that? Holy Spirit did. Titus. Right? Regenerated, made new. I was indwelt. I have all of God in me. The Holy Spirit is in me with that power. Right? That dunamis, that, that, that power, God's power alongside me for what I'm called to do. Also for what I'm called not to do, right? The indwelling, 
I was adopted, I was baptized spiritually into the body of Christ. I'm, brother, I'm a brother to Anne, I'm a, I'm a brother to Leona, right? I'm a brother to Doug, right? That, that's, we're one in Christ. Notice that, in Christ spiritually. And I was sealed, right? And that's the neat part of the, the next part of that verse, I'm sealed. How, how long is that participation in Christ? It's forever, right? It's forever, it's an eternal sealing. It's an eternal sealing. How long am I supposed to be serving Christ? Forever, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recognition of that. So he said, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. We've got the power. We understand what we receive at salvation. We understand what our lives are supposed to look like. We understand what our church is supposed to look like. So how would you describe the spiritual working uh, through, in and through our church family this morning? Right? How, is, how is that seen? I hear statements, and not just in this area, I mean from here to Moncton to Ontario, churches are dying. Right? Churches are, are, are shrinking, the, the size, it's, it's alarming, there's a lot of concerns. And I said, well, yes, they are, but it's not Jesus' fault, is it? Right? It's not. We have been given. We have, the, we have the promise. We have the power. We have the opportunities. Why are churches shrinking? Why are doors closing? It's not Jesus' fault. Ask the question again. Do you live a spiritually powerful life for Christ? Right? And I put in brackets here because sometimes we think it's maybe a young man's game. Maybe it's a pastor's game. But I mean, do you, senior, senior, Young mom, uh, working dad, teen, youth, do you live a spiritually powerful life for Christ? What are you doing in Jesus' name? And the, the, the testimony to that should be right on your lips. When I think about these 11 men in the room, right, who would be given the Spirit the power to turn the world upside down. Remember that from Acts? Right, these men turn the world upside down. Right? That, that's the example. That has not changed. That power, how they did that, what they preached, the, the message that they held, that has not changed. I fear God's people have changed. What are you doing in Jesus' name? So let's kind of grab this, that he may abide with you forever. Right? Jesus is with them now in this upper room discourse. They've just observed the Lord's table. Right? He's the one, the God-man, that they're watching God's power alongside and through their work, the workings of God. And this is where we partner the agape love and the abiding principle. Right? The spirit of the truth, pardon me, come back, um, that he may abide with you forever. And that word agape, we keep bringing it up, that spiritual intimacy, that fellowship when you have a heart for prayer, a heart for worship, a heart for the Word, a heart for, for unity with your church family, a heart for service. Well, when you're walking in that agape, you are abiding in Christ. You are continuing. That talks about, about the, it, the Spirit being present, dwelling I want to think there of leading so you're in that agape love of Christ and you're abiding in the things of Christ, that he may abide with you forever. And I think to how many times I, I get myself in the deep end, 
I think of, of even there with, with Maddie's grandma there, with Linda coming. I didn't know what to say at the end. I didn't know what to do as Linda's preparing to step into God's presence. Right? The Spirit led me to just grab the hymn book. Right? And Anne, Anne was there. I mean, it, that, that's, that is how the Spirit works. Right? You, you, you connect that. Right? That's the, the agape, the abiding, that leading, that dwelling. He will abide you. He will give the power. He will come alongside. He will lead you through those things. That He, the Spirit, the power, the paraclete may abide with you forever. Not to myself. Right? We've got a couple minutes here. Right? Okay, I got the doing. Right? When it comes to doing for Christ, I, I got it. Right? Jesus sends his paraclete, the power alongside, and he leads me in the doing. But quite often when I'm having conversations with believers, it's like, oh yeah, I could do, but what do I say? Right? In those moments, what, what, what do I say? Like I, I blank, or, or and I'm not picking fun, or I can't memorize, or, or you know, like how, I'm not equipped to go in there. And that's my church family as we're having these little stories. Like, I am so not prepared for this. Well, the good news is, you don't have to be. You know, we hold... We hold this, which I, I, I trust as we're walking in Christ, developing our agape love with Him there, right? The passion for the Word, God uses this. Right? The Spirit leads us through this, the Word of God, the truth. And that's what that next verse is speaking of. The paraclete, the power that comes alongside, and He is the Spirit of truth. Right? He's the Spirit of truth. The beginning of verse, verse 17 Right, as Jesus is departing, the apostles realize they're the ones they're going to speak for King Jesus now. And again, I picture myself swallowing because I know how it was when I, I was first called to, to, to preach and ministry. I was like, I can't do this. I, I, I can't, there, there's no possible way. And Chris is shaking her head. You don't agree with me? I think I just stepped into it there and, and no hesitations. Anyway, I have my insecurities, believe me. Um, but I mean, it, 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 it's not, we're not left orphans, right? We were given, given the Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. He's the one that comes alongside us in those moments and, and, and leads us with what to say in those, in those moments. If we were just a... I had two different texts I wanted to go to here. Turn with me to John chapter 17, verse 14. I wanted to go to Hebrews 1, but we're just going to go to John chapter 17. John 17, verse 14. And this is, again, Jesus was the paraclete, the power alongside these apostles, the workings, they witnessed it. He's leaving the Spirit, the paraclete. He's coming. The Spirit is going to, to give the power, who's going to lead in truth. I just found it fascinating in this priestly prayer in 14. What does he say? 17, 14. I have given them your word. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Because we know Satan is very much a part of this. We need the spirit. We need that, that power. We need that protection. You should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And this is one of the most important verses in this day and age where anything and everything can be considered truth. He says, sanctify 
set them apart, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Right? These, these apostles, Jesus is leaving, the Spirit is coming, the Spirit of truth. Now, how much of the New Testament did the apostles hold at this point? They didn't. It was a living, breathing Jesus. That's what the Gospels are. Living, breathing. As Jesus spoke, he spoke for God. Living, breathing Jesus. But Jesus was leaving. And the Spirit was going to come, the Spirit of truth, and give them the doctrines of the faith. Lead them with all, all power. This is what they would lead the churches in. This is what it's supposed to, and, and it does here, lead us as a church family. So again, we'll focus on, on the power Right? Jesus speaks through the spirit of truth. Where does the authority and the power come from? Right hand of the Father. Right? Why do we pray? Why do we speak? Why do we serve in Jesus' name? Because we're doing it for Jesus, right? With all power and authority through the spirit. And we just ask the question again. Are we a spiritually powerful church speaking for God? Right? Are we a spiritually powerful church speaking for God? Do you live a spiritually powerful life speaking for Christ? So the Spirit's in you, right? Christ is seeking to speak the Word of God through you with an open Bible. What are you doing in Jesus' name with the Word of God? Right? The truth. Right? What, what are we doing with that? Just to finish, finish that verse off. The spirit of truth whose promise, if you place your faith in Christ, you hold that paraclete, that power, you hold that spirit of truth in you whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And just to keep it brief, they don't believe in their need for Christ, right? The world that, that operates under Satan's world system of those who do not belong to God, they don't see the need for the cross. They don't believe that Jesus died for them. Therefore, the spirit's not for them. The, the, the truth is not, not for them. It neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you, right? And again, the apostles experienced him and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And I know I've, I've walked in my Christian life where I felt like an orphan. I felt abandoned. I felt there just, just, just all alone, um, some people describe it as a dark cloud hovering over you, right? Uh, but it was, I must gently say this, but it was my own choice. As a believer, I have Christ. I have the Spirit of God in me. I have the truth in me. I have the promised victory before me. And this evening or this morning there, if you've placed your faith in Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary, then you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. That's a game changer. That's why I, I, sometimes I have a hard time and, and all the, the addictions background and the brokenness that, that I've walked through 10 years in the, the trades, alcohol and drugs, and, and God delivered me of that. I came back to this, right? And the Spirit led me through what needs to, and He's still transforming me. Believe me, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not a polished creature here, right? But I know the power of that deliverance, right? And I'm allowing Him to do that in my life and and obviously as i surrender he's doing it through my life and that's the same for us individually it's the same for us as a church i wrote down there even just you should be able to explain and describe and give testimony 
to what seeing the Spirit do and what knowing, what understanding what He's doing. Those should be part of our conversations in our marriages, right over the dinner table, what the Spirit is doing, how He's changing me, the things that I've been reprimanded for in our marriages with friends, especially with our children, right? Our faith must be alive. If we're not claiming this power, if we're not being used, if, if we're not giving testimony to what God's doing in our lives, I think at best we have religion. Right? And that has plagued Christ's churches. And then we're back to this, this why are doors closing? It's not Jesus' fault. He's given us the power. He's given us the spirit. He's given us every opportunity um, going. And I think we'll just we'll close it with that. I'm just thinking about that there. He dwells with you for the apostles, Old Testament believers. They'd experience him and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Don't live like an orphan when you've been given everything. It's our own choice to be be living like paupers or I vaguely remember Oliver Twist. Please, sir, give me more, right? I mean, you have it all. Right? It's, it's there before you. Right? Same as a church. If we're praying towards something, if we're, we're desiring, if we were all to get on board with that, we have the power right straight from God within us, in our midst, to do that. Right? And that, that, that's a game changer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I pray that as we read these words and, and we go, go home and, and reflect on them, Lord, reread them. We would understand a little bit clearly about clearer but what we've been given, Lord, it's not, it's not about my comforts. It's not about the things that, that, it's not about me. Lord, this is supposed to be about you. Lord, and I pray that there would be a renewed energy in my own life, Lord, towards what you desire to, to, to lead me in. Lord, use me in. Lord, I pray that you would help me surrender to that. I pray for those that are in this room. Lord, I pray that there would be a recognition that, that you have given us marching orders. You've given us paraclete power. You've given us what we need to be used of you, Lord. But it comes down to a choice. Lord, I pray us as a church would be found making the choice. To not just put you first, but Lord, to be used of you, to step out to, in faith, to be engaging in this community, engaging in our ministries, Lord. I pray that you would bring us together to participate. Lord, because I, 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 don't, I don't think your return is very far off. Lord, and I pray these things in your name. Amen.